What's up, boys and girls? Welcome to another episode of Walk on Wisdom. I am your host, Michael Chandler. Um, disclaimer, as I always say, I'm an expert at absolutely nothing, but I've been around the world a couple of times, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, learned a lot of stuff along the way from starting as a wrestler in high school and then a walk on to the University of Missouri wrestling team and ended up becoming a four-time national qualifier, All-American and team captain. There's a lot of lessons that I learned starting at the bottom, overcoming adversity, overcoming the self-doubt, self-demons, my self-image. Um, so anybody who is listening right now who just found us, these questions are coming in from podcast at michaelchandler.com. The response thus far, the buzz thus, thus far, uh, you guys sharing the messages or sharing the, the episodes, um, spreading the message is just absolutely humbling. So thank you all so much for your belief in me to give you my insight and my wisdom, my walk on wisdom for the things that y'all are going through. So with that, let's get right into it. Um, first question comes from Leonardo. Hey, Mike, first of all, I want to thank you for everything you do. I admire you as a fighter, but even more as a person, and I'm extremely grateful that I get to listen to your podcast. I'm 19 years old and I'm from Italy. I've been boxing for a year and wrestled in high school or wrestled in the U.S. in high school. Um, so he's from Italy, but he wrestled in the U.S. in high school for a season as an exchange student. That's cool. I always do more than I am asked for. And when I start doing something, I get totally obsessed with it. And I do just that. I know I have the potential to go far, but there's one thing that is stopping me. And that is fear. I don't fear failure, losing or or the amount of work or sacrifice that is required to succeed in the sport. I fear the possibility of getting brain damage or getting some serious brain injury or even die. This fear aroused inside of me after I started watching some videos about CTE and other injuries that may occur with boxing and MMA. And since we do about 20 to 25 rounds of hard sparring a week in boxing, I start getting stressed out every day and anxious about the fact that I may get injured badly or get brain damage in the future. I've taken a pause from the sport. It's been two weeks since I stopped training to fight as an amateur boxer because I needed some time to reflect on what I want to do. I still have no answer, but what I know is that since I left, I feel empty. When I'm not working super hard towards something, I feel like I have no purpose and I can't find meaning in life. Do you have any advice? Is 20 to 25 rounds of hard sparring a week too much or is it standard for the sport? Should I follow my heart without paying attention to fear? Sorry for the long question and for some grammatical uh, errors. I'm not a native, native English speaker. I pray for you and your family's health and happiness every day. God bless from Leo. Um, well, thank you, Leo. And there wasn't very many grammatical errors in there from a non-native English speaker, uh, from Italy. You are doing a fine job, young man. But the essence of the question is he's an amateur boxer doing 20 to 25 rounds of sparring, uh, per week. Doesn't fear losing, doesn't fear failure, doesn't fear injuries or, well, you know, other injuries. The main, the main fear here is CTE, um, brain injury for those who don't know what CTE is. Um, and it's a, it's a legitimate fear that one could have when it comes to a combat sport where you're taking multiple blows to the head. I've been fighting now for 15 years, um, I've been TKO'd. I've been dropped. I've been, um, I've never been knocked out cold. Um, but I have been completely, uh, unaware of what is going on. So that is in essence a knockout. 
So the, the question arises, do I want to pursue from Leo's perspective? Does he want to pursue boxing, um, taking the, the chances or the possibilities of brain injuries? And you might not want to hear it, but I would say if that's a fear of yours, I would just not even bother going into competitive training. Um, now I, I, I implore or I encourage anybody listening right now. I do think mixed martial arts, martial arts, boxing, kickboxing, jujitsu, wrestling, all of these different martial arts, if you will, I think they're all great tools to sharpen your human. I think they're great tools to push yourself outside of your comfort zone. Lifting weights is great. Um, cardio is great. Swimming, you know, the thousand different other workouts there out there, they're all great and there's all a place for them. But mixed martial arts, martial arts, or you versus another person, hand-to-hand combat, whether it be 100% hard sparring or 60% flow drilling, his pressure versus my pressure, his moves, his techniques versus my moves and my techniques, pushing the body, sharpening the sword, sharpening your human, adding layers to your human through competition as much as you possibly can in the gym, um, in competition, amateur competition, professional competition. Um, I think those are all phenomenal ways to make you happier, healthier, and harder to kill. And that's not just because I'm a mixed martial artist, it's, but it's because of the encouragement that I've seen from so many people who have reached out to me and said, mixed martial arts has changed my life. Um, for those of you who heard me talk about Operation Black Site, this was a bunch of entrepreneurs and business owners who, for the most part, don't train a lot, but they came to learn self-defense, to learn grappling, to learn boxing, kickboxing, and uh, weapon disarmament, and all these different ways to make themselves happier, healthier, and harder to kill. So when they walk into the threshold of their house, can they protect their family? Can they protect their, their wives and protect their kids? Can they protect themselves from a, an attacker in this crazy world that we live in? Um, so Leo, I would say number one, 20 to 25 rounds of hard sparring a week. Seems like a lot for me, but I'm a mixed martial artist. So while you're, you are just training hands, you're just training boxing to become a, a boxer. I'm a mixed martial artist in the sense that one of my practices each day has nothing to do with striking whatsoever. Usually it's grappling, it's wrestling or it's strength and conditioning. It's something that doesn't actually involve throwing punches. Um, so I'm not going to say that 20 to 25 rounds of hard sparring is a lot for a boxer. Cause I don't actually know how many rounds a boxer does, but the root of the, I think the root of the question here is whether you did two rounds of sparring or a thousand rounds of sparring, can you pursue a professional career with it in the back of your mind that you're going to get CTE or a brain injury. Um, I think it's a smart approach. I think health, brain health, anti-inflammatories, antioxidants, um, healthy diet, recovery, hyperbaric chambers, um, ice or cold therapy, all of these different things to reduce inflammation in the body. All of these things can can help. Um, but if you're going into every training session worried about not getting hit or worried about getting CTE, um, it could be the greatest thing in the world because you're so afraid to get hit or not afraid. I'm not saying Leonard that you're, uh, Leonardo that you're afraid, but you're so cognizant of getting hit that maybe you have the best defense in the entire world. Maybe you're a Floyd Mayweather kind of type of guy. Um, 
So I think the goal is to obviously hit the guy more than he hits you. So focusing on defense while you are continuing to do this, because as you said, also you took a pause, but when you took a pause, you felt empty. So that is one thing that we have to make sure is the fear for anybody listening right now, not just Leonardo asking or thinking about the question of, should I pursue this thing because of the negative implications of what may happen or the sport wearing on you? Life is going to wear on you. Life is going to wear on your body. It's going to wear on your brain. It's going to wear on your soul. It's going to wear on your joints. It's going to wear on your, your spirit. But the question is, and I think it's a, a deeper, more rooted, more to the, to the heart of the matter, is not pursuing that thing for fear of what could happen going to leave me in a place where I feel unfulfilled and I feel empty. So anybody right now who doesn't train mixed martial arts or is not worried about boxing or not worried about CTE, that's the question that we have to ask ourselves is not pursuing this thing for the slim chance of what negatively could impact me is shying away from that, that thing that could negatively impact me, my life or the people around me worth it for me to give it up to then feel empty. If it is my purpose, if it is, if it does fulfill me, if it does fuel me. So it's a hard question. I've never worried about it. I mean, of course I've you know worried about it after the years go by or the amount of training that I've put in, the amount of fights that I've been in, I'd be lying if I said I was never worried about it. But at the very beginning of my career, I wasn't worried about it one bit. And you have to kind of throw yourself into the fire to be able to get to a place to where you have enough success, enough money that you're making, providing for yourself, for your family, that it's actually worth it there. So Leonardo, it's a, uh, it's a tough question to answer. And I don't want to, you to do anything you feel uncomfortable with, but I would say for you and for anybody listening right now, who's kind of at a crossroads where there's a few things that they're worried about when it comes to pursuing their passion, you got to ask yourself, is not pursuing that thing going to be more of a detriment to me, my life, my purpose, my fulfillment than would be the possible risks. I can tell you right now, I'm glad that I have braved the, the risks of what I have done, because even if it takes a couple of years off of my life, or even if I you know, I'm limping around when I'm in my forties, fifties, sixties or whatever. I think I was fulfilling the purpose on my life and that, that fuels me. And I know I've reached people and I've impacted people. So life is a series of trade-offs, write that down, put that in your mind, use it and think about it daily. Every single day, life is a series of trade-offs. So Leonardo, I hope that, um, hope that helps you. And uh, to anybody else who's not in that same scenario, but you're in that that scenario in a different walk of life, uh, think about those things. Next question comes from Zach. What's up, Mike? My name is Zach. I'm 20 and I live in California. Recently, over the past couple of years, I've really gotten into endurance running and doing marathons. I have noticed at the start at the starting line that my mind always asks asks itself the same question: Have I done enough leading up to this? Have I done enough leading up to this? Despite me working as hard as I possibly can in the lead up, I always seem to get caught up on this question. My question to you is, do fighters feel the same thing before a big fight? When you're in the locker room and you're about to walk out, are there any doubts in your mind? Thank you for reading. And I also wanted, wanted to say thank you for speaking your wisdom on this podcast. It really helps me out a lot with my mentality day in and day out. See you at the top. Zach. Zach, thank you for the kind words. Um, so setting it up, he's an endurance runner, marathon runner, um, and at the starting line, right before the, the gun goes off, standing there at the, at the starting line, his brain, his mind, 
his inner self keeps asking him the same question, have I done enough leading up to this? And I think that is the, do I deserve it? Coupled with have I done enough? Those are the two, I think, most important questions that need to be answered in that moment. When the cage door closes, or as you said, Zach, in the locker room before a fight, or when you're walking up to the plate if you're a baseball player, if you're walking into a meeting as a businessman, if you're walking into a, a hard conversation in a relationship, whatever it may be, do I deserve it and have I done enough? If Zach has done enough, he definitely deserves it. If he's done enough, then there, that question, it's okay to ask that question as long as the answer is yes. He says, despite me working as hard as I possibly can in the lead up, I always get caught up on the same question. And I think that's completely fine. I think if anything, we don't have enough Zachs in this, in this world. If anything, there's so many people who aren't doing the right thing, who are cutting corners, who do expect to be something without focusing on becoming something. They want to get to the next chapter before they even read the first chapter or got through the first chapter, did the work necessary, the prerequisite to getting to where they want to be. I think we all deserve to be successful as long as we put the work in. I think those are the two most overused and two most scariest words in the human language these days is I deserve because we've, we've, we've become a society where it's a constant get rich quick, 15 minutes of fame. I want it now. No delayed gratification. I deserve society. So Zach, all I can say is if you really have done everything that you possibly can in the lead up, it's okay to ask that question and it's okay to say yes to that question. It's okay to say, yes, I have done enough leading up to this. I don't ask, I don't find myself asking myself that question because I ask myself that question every single day. So maybe Zach, when you do, as you, as you said, despite me working as hard as I possibly can in the lead up. So if on Monday your, your goal or your training or your block or whatever you call it, however your training says to run 11 miles and you run 11 miles, you write it in your journal. Today, I, I did enough leading up to this day. One of my favorite football players of all time, Drew Brees, one of the greatest leaders of all time. He would bring his guys in and he would say, win the day. And he's not just talking about winning the day on Sunday. He told those guys that on Monday and he told them that on Tuesday and he told them that on Wednesday, every day leading up to that Sunday, win the day. So Zach, have I done enough leading up to this? Well, every single day you should be asking yourself that question. If you ask yourself that question for three months straight or whatever, however long it is leading up to your competition, all of those yeses will give you the confidence to say, Yes, I did do enough leading up to this. And that is for anybody. That's for anybody right now who feels conviction, while you're, whether you're sitting in your car right now or you're listening or you're watching this on YouTube or wherever you're at, you know whether or not you're putting the amount of work in that you need to. You know because you can see other people working their face off. You know because you know how many times you haven't been able to answer that question. Yes, over the last 30 days, the last six months, the last six weeks, whatever time, time it may be. You know whether or not you've done enough. 
And if you find yourself ask, answering that question with, well, no, I didn't. Or even worse, you find yourself answering that question with a yes, when you know it's not a yes, then you're really just lying to yourself and you're only doing yourself a disservice. Because you ain't hurting me one way or the other, whether or not you're successful. You ain't hurting anybody else. You ain't hurting anybody else you come into contact with. You're only hurting yourself. So Zach, my advice and also my actual tangible um, action is to keep a log of every single day and all of your training blocks or whatever, whatever training that you were doing and each day write a yes or a no. You don't have to write, have I done enough? Answer yes, just yes or no. The bottom right-hand corner of the page, three months leading up to the, to the race, 10 months, however long you train. You look back at that every couple weeks or every week and look back and, and just do a little flip of the pages. And how many, of those, how many of those were yeses and how many of them were noes? And I think we can all do that in our life because it is a question that we should be asking ourselves. It is a question that I should be asking myself in the back locker room if I haven't done enough. If I haven't done enough, deep in the third round, when I'm taking shots and I'm cardio is waning and I am tired and I'm bleeding and I'm battered and I'm bloody, that question is going to come up subconsciously, whether I'm audibly saying it in my mind or I'm not. And if that answer is no, then most likely I'm going to find a reason to lose the fight. You're going to find a reason to lose the marathon. You're going to find a reason to lose the account, to lose the relationship, to lose ground between you and the ultimate goal. Working extremely hard, working as hard as you possibly can and surround yourself with the best people possible. Those are the only two most important ways tangibly to be successful, strategically to be successful. But Zach, great question. And I hope anybody who's not a runner, not a fighter, not an athlete, um, whatever vocation, whatever walk of life you're in, that question, have I done enough? Jim Hensel, I did a mindset um, mindset program with him. That's what he always said. You guys have heard me say it before. At your greatest moment of opportunity or your darkest hour, am I enough? Have I done enough? And that's a question that we have to ask ourselves, especially when the bright lights come on. So thank you, Zach, for the great question. And let's move on to the next one. Next one from Henry. Hey, Michael, my name is Henry and I'm a longtime fan of yours. You inspired me to take up MMA and have, have been a huge role model to me. I might add, I am a 20 year old who is about three years into training and I'm at the crossroad and I'm at a crossroads of pursuing MMA or choosing another line of work. I was wondering what methods, whether it is a form of supplements, foods, treatments, or routines that you do to counteract or heal the brain trauma damage that every fighter experiences from sparring and fights. Even though I am deeply in love with the sport of, of with the sport and train balls to the wall every day, the fear of CTE or other impairments due to long-term repeated punches to the head keeps me from wanting to engage in even moderate sparring, let alone taking an amateur fight. Thank you, Mike, and best of luck against McGregor. Oh, we got two questions here about the fear of, of brain trauma, brain injury, CTE. Um, as I said too, when it comes to supplementation and recovery and those kinds of things, if you guys go to walkonfit.com right now, um, we have our programs. I have my supplement list. One that I actually just started taking that I'll just give a free shout out to right now because it's actually a friend of mine who owns the company, Elysium, E-L-Y-S-I-U-M, E-L-Y. 
S-I-U-M, Elysium. Um, they have a really, really good brain supplement. It's either basis or matter. Um, but if you go to their website right now, this is not a plug. I get no, I get no, uh, you know, percentage or whatever that, uh, maybe someday we will, maybe someday we'll be sponsored by them. Um, but he's a friend of mine. His, his son actually goes to my school. So we see each other in the pickup line, um, pickup line, not like a pickup line, like you're picking up someone at a bar, but the actual school pickup line. Um, but Elysium, they have a really great brain supplement, obviously omega threes, um, fish oils, the good fats, a, a diet good are good and high in good fats, avocados, nuts, um, olive oils, um, anti-inflammatories. I take a, a supplement by Thorne called Mariva or curcumin phytosate or something like that. Um, hope you guys are writing these things down, but I'm basically giving you all my, my supplements I use, but I'm here to add value. And obviously two questions out of three so far have been about brain injuries. And it is true, whether you're a, whether you're a fighter or whether honestly <sighs> dementia and Alzheimer's and all this kind of stuff is on the rise because of a deficiency in diets. I would venture to say that my brain, after all of the brain trauma, quote unquote trauma that I've taken in all of these fights, could possibly be healthier than someone my age who's been eating like crap, eating fast food like crap, uh, not sleeping well, drinking a ton of alcohol, over excessive when drugs and alcohol, um, living that kind of life, and who has never taken a blow to the head. Could be wrong. Might be way off here. But brain trauma itself either comes from a big time TBI, uh, which is a traumatic brain injury or CTE repeated blows, obviously. Um, but my, my advice, supplements, foods, high in fats, routines and treatments. Um, I do love the ice barrel, uh, cold therapy, whether it's you guys using a cold tub, an ice tub, putting ice in your bathtub. Uh, I use the ice barrel, but you guys can do a, a an ice bath anywhere. Um, and there's a lot of recovery places, cryo places that you can get nice and cold in there. And it, and it triggers that anti-inflammatory response. The biggest, I love a podcast called the F doctor's pharmacy with an F doctor's F A R M A C Y by Dr. Mark Hyman, who is not a friend of mine. That's just a, a plug. It's a, somebody that I listen to. Um, he talks about the root of almost every disease is inflammation. The root of almost every ailment that we're having today is inflammation. And it's not just inflammation like you sprain your ankle and your ankle swells up. It's inflammation, chronic systemic inflammation from the crap that you are eating, from the workouts that you're not doing, from the sweat that you are not sweating, from environmental toxins to all of the stuff that this world has now got us around. Um, so I'm kind of going off on a tangent a little bit separate from Henry, but this is, I kind of already talked about CTE in the first question with Leo. So, um, but the biggest thing is those omegas, anti-inflammatories, antioxidants, Elysium, uh, it's either called basis or matter. One of the two, I take all four of their, their products now every single morning. Awesome stuff. Maybe I'll try to get a promo code for you guys here soon, but, um, that's great stuff. And, uh, the other thing I would say, Henry, you said you haven't even taken an amateur fight yet. Um, and you're worried about CTE. I go back to my answer to Leo. It's going to be really hard to be 
uh, I'm not, I don't want to say successful, but it's really going to be hard to progress a, a, a mixed martial arts or a boxing career if you're, if you're afraid to go into kind of some hard sparring and even take an amateur fight. So I know that's probably not what you want to hear, but let's keep that brain healthy by those supplements that I listed. Take care of yourself. Stay off the fast food. Stay off the drugs and alcohol. Get good sleep um, and your body will reward you for it. Next question comes from Wing, Wing Kit Chan. How many protein shakes do you take a day? Do you take one for a meal and one before or after a workout or just limit it to one protein shake and others as food? Thank you. Great question. Um, protein intake is extremely important. Um, I do usually one protein shake a day on my hard training session days. I do just get a lot of my protein from actual foods. I mean, I'm eating steak, chicken, salmon, um, mainly steak, chicken, or salmon every single day with some vegetables. Um, you guys know it's, I've did carnivore for a while and I've actually felt great on carnivore, which was pretty much just eggs, um, and meat and a little bit of avocado here and there. But, um, one protein shake a day. Um, if you're not eating a lot of high protein, I would definitely do two protein shakes a day or even like Winkit Chan says, do you take one for a meal replacement? I think that's a possibility that it might be a good thing for a lot of people. I used to drink a protein shake in the morning. I currently don't really eat breakfast. Um, me and Connor got up this morning. We worked out with Jeremy Holt at eight. Um, I didn't have anything besides coffee before that. I just had a protein bar because we wanted to come in here and, and film this podcast before I got to go get a haircut and speak to the Illinois wrestling team actually later on this, this afternoon. Um, so I didn't eat till about 12, 15 or so. Um, my first actual thing that I ate. So I usually try to eat between 12, one or two o'clock, um, to break my fast and then have a, have a dinner. So my eating window is somewhere between one and eight or so, if you will. Um, not saying that's what y'all should do. Um, that's just what I am doing currently, but when it comes to protein shakes, I do like them, make sure they are low in sugar. I like a lower carb, um, protein shake, unless you're trying to put on muscle, trying to put on mass for me, I'm just trying to, 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 not gain body fat and stay uh, lean and sharp. But if you're trying to gain weight, definitely, you know, go, you can do a mass gainer protein shake. As long as it's got your BCAAs or EAAs, that's um, your branch chain amino acids or your essential amino acids, um, along with a, a high amount of protein. So good question. Next one comes from Anonymous. Hi, Michael. Huge fan of yours since you joined the UFC. Always love watching your fights and seeing you butchering your opponents with a smiley face emoji and a I love you emoji. I have a question for you in regards to faith. I have given my life to Christ a few weeks ago, but I've always known God from a very young age. Our family always pushed Christianity for us for, from a very young age. Doing this, of course, me and my siblings lived most of our lives not according to the word of God. I am 24 this year. My question for you is how do you keep staying on track with not falling into old habits before you gave your life to God and cope with addiction? For myself, I struggle with pornography and I keep trying to stay on the right course, but anything simple can cause me to fail, especially stuff you see on social media. Thanks, Michael. Hope this question reaches your podcast and good luck with your fight against Connor. We are cheering for you all the way from South Africa. Um, so he grew up in a, well, he or 
she, but most likely a he grew up in a, in a very Christian household. And it sounds like, um, Christianity was pushed on him. So by using the word pushed, it sounds like it was pushed on him in a, uh, not so inviting way, if you will. Um, and he, it sounds like he has come back to his faith here now at 24 years old and his biggest struggle and addiction to pornography. Um, and he says, I, I keep trying to stay the right course, but anything simple can cause me to fail, especially stuff you see on social media. So therein lies the rub. If we have habits, if we have addictions, if we have things that we stumble upon, stumble over or cause us to stumble, people, places, things, triggers, whatever they are, if you really want to kick the addiction, you have to realize what the chain of events are or your triggers or your anchors are that keep making you fall into that same trap. And he mentions it right here, especially stuff you see on social media. Men, all the men out here, out there, you can go see half-naked women all day long on social media. They're all over the place. And unfortunately, they're getting paid for it. <laughs> unfortunately, they're pumping some product with their boobs and butts hanging out and all their skin showing, completely bastardizing the blessing of their body of their life, of their dignity every single day, and they're getting paid for it. Society is now paying people to make us stumble, to try to make us stumble. So my advice to this anonymous person or anybody right now who this is hitting home for them, and it's social media that you pull up your Instagram or you pull up your TikTok or you pull up your Twitter or whatever social media it may be. And that's the thing that triggers it. The question you got to ask yourself is, and this is just, this is my overarching principle when it comes to social media. Cause I've had people say, Hey man, we're friends. Why don't, why don't you follow me on social media? Or, Hey, when are you going to follow me on social media? I've point blank looked at somebody and said, Hey, have you earned the right for me to, to follow you on social media? Sounds horrible, right? <laughs> sounds like sounds like I'm the biggest egotistical a-hole, but I literally have told people, have you earned the right for me to follow you on social media? Are you posting content that I am going to find valuable and useful in my life? Are you trying to teach me something? Are you trying to show me something? Are you trying to uh, edify me in some way? You guys can go and see who I follow on social media. We can all see who we all follow on social media. Um, First of all, any females that I follow on social media are either family or friends um, or people that I've done business with or associated with some kind of brand. And I can guarantee you none of them are showing any kind of skin because I guarantee you any woman, whether she's a friend, family, whatever, starts showing some skin, she's out of my following list real quick. Um, and I definitely don't follow strangers, especially if they show skin, because I just think it's, it's, it's stupid. It really is. It's unfortunate. Um, and I go back to a Zig Ziglar, Zig Ziglar quote, and I wish I wish I could share it with y'all. Um, but Zig Ziglar did this really awesome hour-long speech um, talking about self-image. That's what he always wanted to do, man. See you at the top. How am I going to see you at the top if you don't see yourself being able to get to the top? And it was all about self-image. It was all about seeing yourself at your best, seeing humanity at its best. Because if you don't believe humanity can be at its best, then how do you think that you can be a high-functioning individual of humanity and not see yourself in that kind of light? And Zig, in one of his, in one of his speeches, he was probably down in Texas and the 
Houston Center or something, 40,000 people. And he said verbatim something like, I guess I can't say verbatim and also say something like, but it's um, paraphrasing that a man cannot truly, truly get to where he wants to be with his self-image if he is engaging in watching pornography because watching pornography is seeing human beings, God's creation, seeing human beings at their absolute worst. Selling themselves, selling their dignity, dignity selling, their, selling their bodies. It's so hard to get to where you want to be from a self-image standpoint if you engage in watching and seeing people at their absolute worst. So I'm sorry if that strikes a chord with anybody, um, but that is my two cents on it. And even from this anonymous person, I'm not sitting here judging anybody. It's a very easy stumbling block for anybody, um, but it will always most definitely lead to a lack of self-image. If you don't have your self-image in check, you're not going to be able to become the man or woman that you, that you were designed to be. Um, next one comes from Idris. I-D-R-E-E-S. I, Idris. What's up, Mike? My name is Idris, and I am a huge fan of you as a fighter and as a person. I try to mirror your mentality every day, and I honestly think I have become a better person because of it. I wanted, I wanted to know what your opinion is on patience and frustration at work. I'm 23 years old and been at my first corporate job for about nine months. I get frustrated because I feel like the the job slash boss isn't letting me use my full potential, and I want to do more within the company. They take every process so slow, and I feel like I'm ready to take more on right now. Appreciate the words of wisdom. See you at the top, Idris. What a great, what a great question and a great opportunity for me um, to talk about delayed gratification and patience, because there's two major cornerstones of becoming who you're going to become. You guys have heard me talk about seasons of rest, um, seasons of un- being undervalued like Idris is, is talking about here. Um, they got so much more value than they're, than they are able to bring to the table so much more value than the, that they are able to show. Um, I feel like the boss and the job isn't letting them use their full potential and they want to do more with the company, but the best way to get to a point, and I'm not hearing, you know, I want to leave this company. I don't like this company. This company is toxic. I don't, I don't feel like I belong. I don't feel like I feel like I'm better than them or I feel like I'm not good enough. There's not these different things where they're talking about wanting to leave the company. It just sounds like they want to do more within the company. So number one, that's a really good sign. And number two, anybody who's struggling with this, where you feel like you're not, you're, you are not living up to your full potential because you, you are being shackled or you are, are they're making you put uh they're, they are putting kind of walls around you, putting you in a box where you can't use your full potential. It's okay. One thing I would just say is it is okay. Because right now is the coiling of the spring. All that matters right now, with your 23-year-old self, being at this company now for nine months, all that matters is you do what you're asked to do. And every now and then when it's appropriate, when you're not, when you're not fudging the guidelines or you're not breaking the rules, doing more than what is asked of you. For example, if they tell you to do, we don't know what the actual job is, but say it's a a marketing job and they're telling you to do X, Y, and G 
X, Y, and Z with this marketing toward this certain client or this certain account that y'all have, make sure you stay on that course and don't waver from that course to put your own little, to put your own little zing on it. And marketing might be a bad example because marketing, some of those marketing geniuses, um, any that I've ever worked with has a, a, has a certain, um, thinking outside the box, um, attribute of them that makes them successful, but making sure you're doing what you are commissioned to do what you sign on the dotted line on that employment contract to do, and then doing more than what is asked of you. Most importantly, showing up on time, showing up early, staying late if you need to, staying late because you want to. If you want to do more within the company, they need to be seeing you doing more than what you're commissioned to do. And it's not always balance sheet, X's and, o, X's and O's, black and white, check off the list of the actual tangible tasks that they're asking you to do. It's showing up with a good attitude, showing up on time, being a team player, operating with humility, character, integrity, not gossiping. Once again, I feel like I've done this the last six episodes. Jim Rohn said they'll pay you $4 to work at McDonald's, but four and a quarter to take the trash out with a smile on your face. Doing the worst job at McDonald's. What's worse than taking out the trash? I don't know, maybe cleaning the fryers, maybe cleaning the toilets. Maybe there's a couple things. So you can, you can kind of add that in there. Pay you $4, but they'll pay you four and a quarter if you scrub the toilets with a smile on your face. If you clean out the nasty fryer oil and you clean out the fryers with a smile on your face. You showed up, you did it with joy. You did it because you felt like you were lucky, blessed, and fortunate to be there. You're lucky, blessed, and fortunate to have a job when so many are losing jobs. Lucky and blessed and fortunate to get that paycheck with someone else's name on it. When you're an employee, someone else signs your paycheck. But I love this. I know you say you get frustrated because you feel like the jobs and the boss aren't letting you use your full potential. I can almost guarantee right now, just by the context of what you have written right now, if you are showing up every day, you're not breaking the rules, you're not getting written up, you're a good employee, you're showing up on time, you're a good team player, you quote unquote, take the trash out with a smile on your face, you're going to get paid more for your services, you're going to get more put on your plate. And you're going to get put in a permission or in a position where you're going to be able to chime, climb that ladder. You could go from nine months of frustration. I'm not doing enough to all of a sudden at month 12, you're like, holy cow, how did I get in this position? Now everything, the whole world has opened up to me and now I can finally be used to my full potential or holy cow, this is even more than I wanted and more than I expected. Now I'm overworked and now, I'm, you know, so there's a fine line there. But I think just by you asking this question, just by you having the willingness and the gumption to do more and wanting to do more, don't be afraid to, to voice your opinion, but make sure you voice it in a, in a volun voluntary or a volunteering type of um, demeanor, if that makes sense. Give me an example. Gosh, I wish you guys would just let me do this instead of do that. I can do way more than this. Well, that sounds like entitlement. That sounds like they are doing something wrong. That sounds like that sounds like you think that you are in the driver's seat when really you're not in the driver's seat compared to 
well, hey, I know you want me to do this, but hey, would it would it be valuable to you if I also did this? Because I got I've got no problem doing that. Actually, I've got nothing going on this weekend at all, and I would love to actually go there and boots on the ground or shake hands, kiss babies, be there, help manage things. I don't even need to be on the clock. I'll I'll just go there because I want I want to see this project succeed. But I think you're in a good position. I think you're in a very good position by wanting to do more. In a society where everybody wants to do less, you're in a very good spot. And let me see if I don't butcher this. So my friend Tim, we were in a meeting um, two days ago, and he said he and his grandpa, grandfather before he before his grandfather passed, they used to have these long conversations. And he always gave him these words of wisdom. And I hope I don't butcher this, but it was it was something like you doing a job for a paycheck and not doing what is asked of you or doing less than what is asked of you for those services for that paycheck is no different than stealing money. So if you say I'm doing this job and you don't actually do it, but you still get the paycheck, there's no difference between that and you walking in there and stealing a chunk of cash off of your boss's desk. So in a world where there's so many more people like that than there are people like Idris who want to do more at work, I'd say you're doing pretty darn good. And I hope that spoke to anybody, not just um, Idris here on that question. I hope that speaks to everybody. Show up, be a good employee, show up on time, take the trash out with a smile on your face. Next question comes from Bailey. I know who this is. My man, Bailey, up in Minnesota. Bailey B here. Hope all is well with you and your family. Number one, speaking of family, I got married in July 2022 to my wife, Courtney. When it comes to your marriage, what has been some of the best advice you've received or things you and your wife have implemented to help your marriage thrive? Number two, I'm really excited to hopefully be a father in the next year or so. What is your favorite thing about being a dad? In what ways did you prepare yourself or wish you had prepared more for in being a father? As always, much love and respect. Your brother in blue, Bailey B. Bailey B is the man. He's a police officer, um, absolute stud. Um, and shout out to all of our uh, police men and women out there who serve and protect this great country of ours. You guys are under, under, underappreciated, criminally underappreciated, and we love y'all. And Bailey B asking questions about family, asking questions about his wife, Courtney, how to be a better man for her, how to be a better husband for her, how to be a better mate, a helpmate, how to be a better worthy adversary. Um, and then also asking about being a father. My two favorite things in the world and my two favorite things to think, think about and talk about. <clears throat> um, so what is the best advice I have received on marriage and how, and how have me and my wife implemented things to help our marriage thrive? Um, you know, we talked a lot, I talk a lot about Brie, um, She's absolutely perfect for me in so many ways. Um, we get each other. We call each other out when we need to call each other out. We don't let each other slack, but we also give each other the leeway, um, the space to be um, to be ourselves and also go pursue our things, but also give ourselves the leeway and the grace when we're not doing so great in certain areas of our lives. Um, you know, I mean, for instance, maybe it's a day where Bree is absolutely stressed out about work, about her travel, about her trying to create what she's doing. 
Or maybe it's a day where I'm completely stressed out about my career, my other seven jobs that it seems like I have, my things that I'm pursuing. She gives me that space to be myself, to work through it because she knows if I'm feeling that way on Monday, by Thursday, I'm going to come back. By Wednesday, I'm going to come back and be like, you know what? That wasn't that big of a deal. But back in Monday, back on Monday, if she would have looked at me and said, hey, you need to get your together. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do that. I can't believe you are like this. I can't believe you're like that. I can't, you know, when I'm really not like that, I'm not a stressed out individual or I'm not a negative individual, but there might be days where I'm being negative or feeling negative or I'm don't have the best attitude. If she all of a sudden writes it off like, oh, well, now my husband has a bad attitude instead of quietly loving me through it. And then also quietly in her, in her mind with a small smile, subconsciously saying, it's okay. Just let him go through it. Let me love him through it. And he'll be back here soon. So um, that's one thing that we do, I think, really well. Love each other through our different ups and downs. Um, and then communicate. I've talked about this on the on the podcast. You know, Bailey and anybody here who's in a relationship, marriage, whatever it may be, communication is the most important thing in a marriage. Um, speaking when you need to speak, getting something off your chest when you need to, but also like I just talked about, um, showing them the grace and not, not acting as though the way that they are acting right now or feeling right now is finite or, uh, or forever loving them through it and giving them the leeway to, to come back. We all have moments of crazy. Let's be honest. I'd be sitting, (laughs) one of the most wisdom, most wise things I can say is we're all crazy. We all are. What is the, the Billy Currington song? God is good. Beer, beer is beer is good. God is great. People are crazy. Something like that. You know, it's like, and it's true. We are all crazy. We're all just, we're all trying to figure this thing out. And there's moments, if you're ever trying to create anything meaningful with your life, there's moments where you feel like you're underwater, you know? Um, so loving them through that. So Bailey, the biggest thing I could say is love Courtney through her ups and her downs. Um, especially when it comes to a woman who, you know, as you said, leading into to number two, as you all are starting a family, uh, loving her through that process. Sometimes it's extremely easy. We've all heard of those people who are just pumped up, happy-go-lucky, constantly smiling, love being pregnant and love going through all that. Don't have morning sickness. Don't have aches and pains. Don't gain much weight. Or if they do gain the weight, they take it in stride and they're completely fine and then we've also heard of those people who have absolute nightmare um, pregnancies and then they're kind of depressed because of the way that they, the, the weight that they gained or how they feel or the energy level that they have. And um, you never know how that is going to affect her. The biggest thing you can do as a man who, where you will never understand what it's like to carry a baby. You will never understand what it's like to be pregnant. You will never understand half of that stuff. The best thing you can do is listen be there for her uh, and support her and love her through it and give her that leeway when she has a really, really bad day. Love her through it. Um, so on that topic, what is your favorite thing about being a dad and what are the, in what ways did you prepare yourself or wish you would have prepared yourself? Um, my favorite thing about being a dad is I love watching them grow, but I also love watching me grow. I love the life that, that we, me and Bree are creating for them and the life that they are creating. You know, my, my son Hap is six now, so he's creating a life now. He's 
creating friends. He's creating uh, relationships and he's got sports and he's got these new milestones that he's continuing to hit and all these, all these things that he's doing. He can write and he can, you know, he can read, um, but almost read way better than I thought he would ever be able to read at six years old, mainly because I didn't know how kids can read at six years old or how well they're supposed to read, but he's hitting all these milestones. But I think my favorite thing about it, honestly, is me taking the responsibility of being their dad and watching me grow through it. And also, I think you guys have heard me bring up this kind of metaphor in the past that I'm painting this masterpiece for them to see. I'm painting a masterpiece and every single decision I make, every single accomplishment I have and every single trauma that I have or every single setback that I have for good or bad, better or worse. It's all another, it's all another brushstroke on this beautiful canvas that I'm, this masterpiece that I'm painting for them that they will one day see who, who I am, you know, as we're continuing to, to, to live together and grow together and love together. Um, but I want them to see a masterpiece that I'm painting and I want them to hear from other people about who their dad is, not what I tell them. Cause I can tell them all day long till I'm blue in the face, who I am, what I do, what I stand for, what I've done and all those different things. But I want other people to, I don't want to happen 10 years old for me and him to be going to some appearance or some cool thing somewhere. And, um, he kind of goes off to a, an area where someone, he meets somebody and someone says, you know, a friend of mine or an acquaintance or a business partner, whatever it might be. And he looked him in the eye and look happen in the eye and say, man, you have no idea how much your dad has impacted me and, and millions of people. He's an amazing man or he's amazing this, or he's, you know, and I hope those interactions happen. And I can only do that when I'm, if I'm loving people, and I'm putting my best foot forward. So creating a masterpiece for them and similar to other advice that I've given about parenting, Bailey, just be ready for the dad guilt. Be ready for feeling like there is no balance. Be ready for feeling like when you're doing a night shift or you're doing a 24 hour shift or you're doing a call or you're doing all these different things that your job requires, your profession, your career requires. You're out there taking care of others, serving others, protecting others. There's going to be moments where you feel like, why am I out here protecting all these people and taking care of all these people and serving all these other people? But I feel like I'm not able to serve my family just be ready for that. Be ready for the guilt. I hate to use the guilt word because as I've said, I don't, I don't believe it's from God. I don't think he wants us to live in guilt, but there's always going to be that series of trade-offs. The life is a series of trade-offs and every man has to work. So be ready for that. Prepare for that. Show yourself grace now in so many areas of your life because you're going to need to show yourself more grace when you become a father than you ever have in your entire life. And I'll tell you what my mentor, Chris Patterson, told me years ago before I got married and then when I was married and then before me, uh, we created our family with two boys now. When I was single, and I know that's not you, Bailey, now, but you guys are newly married. Enjoy this time right now because it's the least busy that you will ever be. And I remember brushing it off saying, man, come on, dude, there ain't no way. Um, this is going to be the least busy that I've ever been uh, or that I ever will be. It'll slow down eventually. It never will. You and Courtney are going to keep crushing it. You and Courtney are going to keep creating this life together. You and Courtney are going to keep doing what y'all are doing and, and tackling life. And then you bring babies into the world and then it's just more and more and more and more being pulled all kinds of different ways. So that's what I would say um, about marriage, about being a father, 
But being a husband and being a father is the, the most beautiful thing in the entire world. And we need more men like you, Bailey, and more men like a lot of the men that I know are listening right now, or even some of the men who are maybe feeling a little bit of conviction that they know they need to step up. They know they need to do more. They know they need to serve more. They know they need to work on themselves so then they can serve others. The downfall and the decay of Western society hinges upon the men or the lack thereof. The real men or the lack thereof. Ones who want to be leaders, who want to be better, who want to get better, who want to serve, who want to leave a lasting impression on this great country of ours and in this great world of ours, this great planet of ours that we take for granted. Um, so that's what I would say. And that was, uh, the last question. So thank you, Bailey, uh, for asking about marriage and fatherhood. Um, as I said, it's my favorite thing to talk about. Um, I by no means am doing it perfectly, have learned a lot along the way. Um, but it sure is the most rewarding, one of the hardest things in the world, but one of the most, the most rewarding thing in the entire world of my human existence. Um, so that is, uh, that is the episode for today. Those are the questions for today. If you find value in this, have found value in this, share it uh, with others. Make sure you uh, tell them they can send in their questions to podcast at michaelchandler.com. We've got a lot of questions rolling in every single day. Every single time we release an episode, the questions keep multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. The questions keep going out and finding friends. And uh, this platform will not grow without you guys. And sharing it, liking, subscribing, leaving the comments as well. I encourage you guys to, to, to leave comments because, uh, we, we read them and we, uh, we do care. We care about the audience. We care about what y'all are doing, uh, or, or what y'all are doing out there, what y'all feel about the podcast and also what we can be doing better. Um, so thank you guys. Send in your questions to podcast at michaelchandler.com. Today is a beautiful day. Uh, to create the life that you've always desired if you put the work in, if you attract and surround yourself with the right people, and if you believe that you are able and capable of doing so. So I hope this helps y'all. Wherever you're at around the world, I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. God bless. I'll see you at the top. <laughs>